This is the Weekly Bull and Bear by WealthFest, a podcast for financial professionals. Each week, Drew Dockin and Grant Collins will have an in-depth conversation on what's happening in the markets. Uh, hello, everybody. Today it is August 3rd. The markets are up today. Um, in fact, you know, last week was one of the best weeks since 2020. Economic data has shown two declines in GDP. But there's other things from Nibber that, you know, indicate a stronger economy and um, people are trading accordingly. Um, and so far today, this morning, at least the market seems to be up as well. Uh, Tim, what should we make about the news last week uh, of the GDP and also just really how strong trading has been despite that? Yeah, I mean, you know, this is where the hedge fund guys need to make their money and they're not making it uh, because it feels like they're all, all on the same side of the bearish bet. Um, you know, when you had Powell speak the other day, that Goldman Sachs most shorted basket was up 4%. Well, uh, yesterday with the market actually, with the S&P actually down on the day, that most shorted basket was up 3% to finish the day. So guys are getting squeezed. It's low quality that's leading. Um, but, you know, I, I think that you always have to remember that these kind of bear market rips uh, are, are powerful like this. And um, it can just belie reason. I mean, the, you know, is the old statement that markets can stay irrational longer than you can stay solvent. And I think that's what you're seeing with a lot of these hedge funds covering on on strength. You know, if, if they were sticking to their knitting and, and were kind of managing risk better, uh, and I'm not saying this is easy to do uh, by any means, uh, they wouldn't be um, they wouldn't be covering on on strength like that. And, you know, I think that, you know, you saw Cash Carry uh, with the New York Times piece come out on Friday night. And I think guys who were short were like, oh, good, this is going to bring some rational response back into the market. Didn't make a difference. Daily, Mester, like we got all kinds of Fed speak today. And they're all saying the same thing. Cash Carry was downright like WTF. Like, why did the market re respond like that? We're nowhere near close. Mester's like, yeah, I haven't even started to see inflation come down. And it just doesn't, it doesn't really make a difference. But that's the nature of things. You know, markets don't go up or down in a in a, in a straight line. But you know, to me, it still reflects the, the the recency bias of the Fed's gonna be there ultimately. The liquidity gods are gonna be there in the end. Uh the Fed will go too far, will slow down a little bit. There will be hints of a recession and too much of a slowdown. Unemployment will start to go up and the Fed will back up the liquidity truck again and all will be fine in the world. And, you know, not to repeat myself endlessly, but I just think that that underestimates the near term inflationary pressures around rents, OER, uh, and around wages, which I think will stay stickier. And it, really, the action in the 10 year ignores those big long term fears that I have that things like population and lack of, uh, you know, demographics, lack of immigration, energy underinvestment, all the things that I that I that I repeat myself about are really going to be long term uh, pressures on in, on inflation. Neil Kashgari, you brought him up. He more or less his position was it doesn't really matter whether we're in a defined recession or not, but it's definitely been a source of like contention. I mean, we've had two declines in GDP. I guess officially Nibber has to, you know, make the call. PMIs are at 52, right? So we're still expansionary in a manufacturing standpoint. 
Yeah. Do you think this debate's much ado about nothing? Because you know, at the end of the day, you're still going to see rate hikes, and you know, yeah. does it really I mean, matter if we're in a recession or not? I guess it's pretty semantic. And by the way, with the numbers that you got this morning, the durable goods uh, that you got this morning, you may even see Q2 GDP revised to a positive number. But it's really something for 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 politicians to to yell and scream about. It doesn't matter. I think the Democrats are in a bad position if they're screaming and yelling, we're not in a recession because we are going to be. <laughs> so, so you've kind of wasted your breath on that. Uh, but I, I still think the trends are very clear that the economy is slowing. The economy is slowing rapidly. Housing matters. The wealth effect around housing markets, crypto, all that really matter. And you're really starting to see meaningful weakening for the bottom half of this economy. So whether we're in a recession or now doesn't really matter. I mean, look, you still have high nominal growth and you know non-inflation adjusted growth. Uh, and as you say, we're still adding jobs. You still are ISMs and PMIs on the service and manufacturing side that are above 50, but the leading indicators, the sentiment numbers, the small business, the, NA, the, uh, the NAHB, those are all telling you where we're going. Yeah. Do you see any parallels to 82, really? I mean, you saw a fierce rally in the equity markets, um, you know, despite the fact that you had Volcker in charge and the U.S. economy was still really in the heart of a recession. Um, you know, that's kind of an interesting historical parallel, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, Volcker took rates to 20 yeah. percent. Um, I just I mean, Tom Lee, look, I'm not to, here to disparage anybody, but how can you be? a big time strategist on Wall Street when you missed 0708. Mm -hmm. Like there's just, there's kind of no excuse for that. The guys are permeable. And to talk about comparing this to 82, I just, as I said, you started with rates at 20%. You started with valuations. What was the PE on the market in 81? Like seven, eight, you know, we're at 20 times now. Uh, and then, and then look, you know, you had China just, just coming into the world and exporting deflation. We've talked about that, the importance of the growth of globalization, how much leverage companies had to generate profits uh, and how that came out of, you know, out of wages. Also, the demographics do matter. The boomers were, think about it, in 1980, uh, boomers were, you know, 30. Yeah. Now they're 72. Uh, so it just, it's a whole different world and I just don't see the parallels uh to then i mean then you broke the back of inflation and now inflation is new again so i i just i find that parallel kind of absurd and and i don't think tom lee has credibility frankly there's a lot of stuff going on in capitol hill uh obviously since we last spoke looks like the chip bill might come through there's going to be a delicate dance with the what's now called the inflation reduction bill uh that mansion signed off on with schumer Still no word from cinema, but she keeps it close to her chest. Um, you know, I think the carried interest might be an issue with her. But, uh, yeah, what what are your thoughts on the whole thing? Yeah, I mean, it is wild. Mm -hmm. uh, who knows what she's going to who knows what she's going to do? Yeah. She obviously got her she obviously got her ego bruised by the fact that Manchin and Schumer left her out of the negotiations. They left her out of the negotiations because they didn't trust her. Uh, but, you know, she's a lunatic. I don't know what she'll do. Um, you know, she's being lobbied hard. They're spending money. Um, you know, the corporate interests are, are spending a lot of money there in Arizona uh, to try to influence her. Maybe she'll try to do something uh, to take corporate, uh, to take the carried interest out of it. 
you know, this is a bill that the parliamentarian has to sign off on. It has to be long-term budget reducing. So if you don't have some of those revenue providers like that 15% minimum tax, uh, which is a much bigger revenue raiser than carried interest, you can't really get it done. So if you try to cut some corners on it, it may blow up the whole thing. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, you might as well go to the casino if you want to start guessing what cinema is going to do. Look, I think ultimately this is a pretty good piece of legislation. I believe climate change is an unmitigated disaster. Uh, I believe that, you know, look, 90% of solar production capacity is built in China. How is that possibly something that is going to work for the United States long term? So we have to get more aggressive uh, on um, renewable energy in this country. I think it makes sense to have a, a corporate minimum tax, minimum taxes to keep jobs and corporations here in the United States. So, um, you know, I, I think it's good legislation, all things being relative. You know, is there a bunch of pork in there? Are there a bunch of giveaways? Does Manchin have a pipeline funded coming out of West Virginia? Of course he does. But as these things go, you know, as the sausage gets made, I think this is pretty good legislation. I hope it gets done. Yeah. Yeah. I I just think my standpoint, it's the parliamentarians. One thing, uh, it's always a juggling act. Um, seems to be, I don't know whether you call it bad faith, but, uh, the fact that they came out with the reconciliation deal, few hours after the Senate voted on the chips bill was uh, some political gamemanship that we haven't seen from at least that party <laughs> for quite some time. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting. No, I was shocked. I mean, yeah. you, there was not a there was not a consultant on Capitol Hill who had this one. Absolutely mm-hmm. nobody. I mean, there are senators who didn't have didn't have any idea that this was was happening. I don't know how they did it. I don't know where the staffs of Schumer and Manchin met that nobody knew that they were meeting yeah. and, this, and this thing was going on, but absolutely nobody had this thing. And that kind of thing doesn't really happen much that McConnell gets just totally outfoxed and and he did. Yeah, no, I haven't seen that in a long time. Um, anything else we should be looking at? Uh, you think, uh, I think there's, um, you know, what to watch today. We had job openings, you know, this morning, uh, a lot of post-market earnings um, are coming up um, today from Airbnb and Caterpillar, uh, Jet, JetBlue. But, uh, you know, what are, what are you looking at? I mean, you know, estimates are coming down. I think that the most bearish among us believe that estimates would come down faster. Uh, but I think there's still a lot of hope out there. And uh, that hope is at the investor level and in the C-suite. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why estimates haven't but haven't come down faster but they are coming down they're especially coming down rapidly uh x energy uh where numbers are still going up uh you know i i think that um if you look at the at, at the us two things i would think are important if you look at the us consumer kind of that bottom 50% is really getting squeezed uh, if you look at the senior loan officer survey, you are starting to see credit conditions tightening. They are going to tighten fastest at the bottom. Uh, you're starting to see delinquencies rise. Uh, the New York Fed came out with some data uh, showing that uh, in credit cards and in autos, that bottom quartile and that bottom half of the U.S. consumer, you're starting to see delinquencies really start to pick up. You're coming off of a low level. But, you know, because of the extraordinary largesse of the government in 20 and 21, but you're starting to see the rate of change really pick up and it's going to start to matter. 
The other thing you really have to look at is how bad things are getting uh, in Europe. I mean, you had a negative, I think, 8.6% retail sales number in Germany. Uh, you know, Putin does hold the cards there for as we as we approach the fall and winter. Uh, and 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 climate change, the 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 summer has been so bad that the French aren't able to run their nuclear facilities because the water levels are too low that have for the water from the rivers that have to run through those facilities is too low and too warm. So you have this energy crisis that is going all through Europe uh, and you're starting to see, I mean, the confidence numbers, there's all kinds of kind of leading indicators in Europe that are, you know, kind of worse in modern history, sort of in, in, in this century. Uh, since 2000, you're starting to see some of the worst sentiment numbers and some of the worst consumer leading indicator numbers that you've ever seen. Uh, so I, I just think that 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 story is is a little bit underappreciated. It is a global economy. And by the way, this whole kind of post lockdown pickup that we were supposed to see in China doesn't seem to be happening. No. Uh, and I, I just you know, I believe that property bubbles take a long time to write themselves. And what you're seeing is you're not seeing demand for credit. You're seeing sales of property, depending on the city or depending on the statistic, you're seeing property sales down 30 and 40% year over year. You're seeing month after month after month of declining numbers and there's no credit demand. So that is the definition of putting pushing on a string. When the, when the, 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 the uh, you know, the government in China can try to push credit uh, and try to force people to, you know, get back into their habits of buying apartments, uh, but it's just not happening. Uh, so I think that you will see kind of almost a global coordinated recession. Uh, and and China is an export economy. And if the the Europe, which is still a massive, all of Europe is still a massive economy. If there's just no consumer demand, and consumer demand is weakening in the U.S. I just don't really see a way out for China. And, you know, we're in that part of the cycle where you're raising interest rates in the U.S., you're raising uh, interest rates globally. That's when stuff breaks. That's when you start to see real crises. And I think that we are way too complacent with the way you see the, the both equities and the bond market trading, where you see the back end of the yield curve, not even the back end of the yield curve, but even the two year up until yesterday, which has kind of ripped back where there's just this complacency that liquidity is going to be there. Don't worry about inflation because we haven't had to worry about inflation for 40 years. Well, I just think that's wildly complacent. And I think you'll see this counter trend rally reverse. Yeah, I mean, especially considering right now when you're looking at household debt, that's totaling 16.15 trillion in yeah. the States at least the end of June. So got a 2% increase from previous quarter. And now we got, you know, um, you know, higher rates on stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's going to be definitely there's a, there's a lot of stuff happening. But yeah, I mean, the last thing I would say is just you know think about the tail risks as well. Think about the geopolitical tail risk. What if Xi really wants to make a point? And I'm not saying full on invasion of Taiwan, but let's say that uh, he just really wants to make a point and uh, limits traffic through the Taiwan Straits. What if Putin cuts off gas entirely um, to uh, and, 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 and decides that he can he can bear even selling less oil onto the market? What if MBS makes the decision that, you know what, we're actually going to we'll tell you that we're going to increase capacity. We're actually going to tighten capacity. We're going to let oil go to 150. We're going to let oil go to 200. 
all of these guys have leverage. They're all bad guys, and they're not the friends of the United States, no matter what anybody tells you about MBS. Mm-hmm. No, I, I mean, I think you've already seen some stuff out of China. There's a hundred more products out of Taiwan that's you know gotten um, tariffs, and then you had some kind of war games uh, with fighter jets. So, I mean, that might just be a preliminary thing, right? Of course, let's see. Um, I don't think they'll take the Pelosi trip, you know, lightly. No, uh, they, no. they've said they haven't. So, no, Chinese yeah. leaders are not famous for for just kind of saying, well, "Let's just do the right thing. Let's not worry about saving face." Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's not it's not really how it goes over there. No, absolutely not. Um, you know, look, I, I just think that this is an opportunity for advisors to say markets have been really strong. Let's take an opportunity to rethink what we're doing. Let's take some chips off the table now. It was painful to take chips off the table at 3,700, but now you're at a level, you're back to what, 4,150, something like that as we're talking today. Take some chips off the table, give yourself the liquidity to make decisions um, uh, and be prudent. Sounds good. Well, thanks for your time today, Tim. Uh, For all our listeners, thanks for your likes and subscribes. Uh, We'll be back next week and we're out. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of WellFest. The mere appearance of content on the site does not constitute an endorsement by WellFest. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. WellFest does not make any representation or warranties with respect to the accuracy, applicability, fitness, or completeness of the contents. WealthFest does not warrant the performance, effectiveness, or applicability of any sites listed or linked to any of the contents. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Investment and investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal.